like that. Is that better? All right. You can trust the Lord with me. I'm filling in for Larry kind of on a real late notice here, so we'll, uh, we'll trust the Lord for that. I didn't get quite through the message that I preached here the last time, and we'll be doing some of that along with uh, maybe a few other things that I thought of here this morning. So let's, uh, let's bow for prayer at this time. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the things that came to us already this morning here, Lord. Thank you for the good word of God and the rich word, the powerful word, word that is alive. And we thank you for this rich treasure that we hold in our hands, Lord. And even though I didn't have a lot of time, Lord, here this morning to prepare my mind and heart and study, Lord, but I do pray for your blessing as I avail myself to you, Lord, that you would give me things that would edify and exhort and encourage the saints. Lord, we know your word can do that if you have a vessel to speak through. So here I am, Lord, have thine own way, Lord, here this morning. We we love you, Lord, and we look forward to to spending eternity with you, Lord. And I pray this morning would be just a reminder of that reality, that the day is coming when we will be ever with the Lord, and that we would take that serious this morning and uh, be among those that are ready and waiting and not slothful and, and careless, but diligent, Lord. And I pray that you would speak to that end here this morning again. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The words that Joshua read this morning rang a chord in my heart. Concerning the hope that we have this morning, blessed hope that we have because of the scriptures and because of the spirit that God has wrought these things in our heart. We have a blessed hope and uh, Paul there to Titus says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that's a big part of you, a big part of your life that that, uh, takes a, a, a big part of your thought life is the hope that you have. How is that, brethren and sisters? How's your hope? Is it is it alive? Is it doing what it should be doing? <clears throat> Hebrew says this hope is an anger of the soul. That's how important it is. It's an anger of the soul. So if your life has been a bit uh, drifty or 
you know, not so stable, maybe you should consider your hope. Because the Bible promises that our hope that we have is an anger of the soul, and it enters to that within the veil. Our hope is like an anger attached right beyond the veil, right up into the presence of the very God. And we look for the realization or the full understanding of that hope in, in the future, but it's a very blessed hope. It's not a dead hope, but it's a living hope. It's something, it, it, it offers us something. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ. What do you think about when you think of that? <clears throat> How does that affect you? Colossians, Paul wrote to the Colossians and said these words on the same subject. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, brothers and sisters, Does our hope bring forth fruit? You know, I think here we see a very clear, a very clear, uh, you know, we hear, we hear about the cheap gospel, the cheap grace. People say, you know, just receive Jesus in your heart or pray this little prayer. Now you're a Christian. And we, we, we hear these things being said and, and even see them. You meet people and you couldn't, you know, there's no evidence hardly on the outside that they're Christians. And yet they believe somehow that they're going to go to heaven. But here, Paul says that our hope should bear fruit in this life. I believe which is come unto you as in all the world and bringeth forth fruit. Our hope should bring forth fruit. In other words, because of what we believe, we live accordingly. We live accordingly because of what we believe. Here's another one to the Colossians. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Paul must have been really confident of that because he says it the second time here that everyone has heard, had heard. It was preached to everyone under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Discouragement, unbelief, like we heard here in the opening, 
is an enemy to hope. It's an enemy to hope. So brothers and sisters, let us not lose our hope. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine, very familiar verse. You probably quoted in one form or another. Maybe not get it word for word, but I'm sure all of us would have to admit we heard this verse before. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, I'm sure we would all agree here this morning. I, I, would, I, would, I don't believe there's anyone here that is a doubter enough that heaven isn't beautiful. And that there's things there that we haven't fathomed yet. But the, the sobering part of this verse is of this verse is that it's for those that love him. There's a qualifier there. It's for those that love the Lord, that keep that that relationship intact. It's for those that love him. It's for those that love the Lord. And how about this one? All things, I think Jonathan quoted this one or read it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. See that? It's to those that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Back to 1 Corinthians 2 there. I hath not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God, verse 10 here, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And I, I, I believe the Christian definitely has a foretaste of heaven. And, and you know, we experience in a measure what we will be experiencing in heaven. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, which we might know, 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You know, I believe we can have heaven's peace on earth. The peace of God. I believe we can have that. Some of the, you know, the beauties that the Bible talks about are a little vague, perhaps, but, but peace and, and joy, even though our joy is often tainted with sorrow here, we, we can experience heaven's joy and heaven's peace and know at least a measure of the things that are freely given to us of God. That should be the Christian life. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So in, in other words, to, to, to uh, even begin to understand the things of heaven, we need the Spirit of God. For the natural man, as in verse 14 receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Doesn't make sense. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. It's a beautiful promise. Beautiful promise. Should have wrote the number down to this song, but just wrote the title. Sorry. Blessed hope. There waits for me a glad tomorrow. There waits for me a glad tomorrow where gates of pearl swing open wide. And when I pass this veil of sorrow, I'll camp upon the other side. Hallelujah. Someday I'll hear the angels singing beyond the shadow of the tomb and all the bells of heaven ringing while saints are singing home sweet home. Someday my labors will be ended and all my wanderings will be o'er and all earth's broken ties be mended and I shall sigh And weep no more. Hope. Hope of a better life. Someday the dark clouds will be rifted. And all the night of gloom be past. And all life's burdens will be lifted. The day of rest, Jonathan. 
dawn at last. The day of rest shall dawn at last. And I know there is a rest, and I believe we have, uh, we can experience that in the Lord, but there's more coming, be assured. There's more coming. In the last message, we looked at, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so I felt be interesting to look at some of these scriptures here before I pick up where we left off the last time. <clears throat> you can turn in your Bibles to our text again in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And what we're doing here this morning, again, probably already alluded to it, but we're simply... You know, I, 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 like I said already, I don't think that you're here doubting the beauties of heaven and the streets of gold and, and all of that. But, but the burden here this morning is that we are those that realize that it takes diligence to be, to be allowed into the gates of heaven. To keep up the faith, to keep up the, the hope. I didn't, I didn't mention it, but in... In the, in the context of these texts, these verses that I read on hope, quite a few of them had this idea of, uh, of being prepared for this, taking responsibility of walking uh, carefully through this Christian life. So it's not for the careless. It's not for the careless. It's for the diligent. And so in First Thessalonians 4, Verse, uh, verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. We look forward to that. With the voice of the archangel. With the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive. And still on the earth, walking, remaining on the earth, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It will be a dreadful day for those that will find that they weren't prepared. I was thinking of the rich man and, and Lazarus there and Abraham's uh, in his conversation there with the rich man in the story there, he says there's a great gulf fixed that those that would go to you can't and those that would come from there can't come over. It's, it's final, it's done. We will be on the one side or the other. When the trumpet sounds... We will be either with the sheep or the goats. We will be with the ready or the unready, the prepared or the unprepared. And the exhortation is here this morning in verse 18. Comfort one another with these words. One songwriter says, I couldn't find the song in our books. I don't think it's in here. It will be worth it all. 
when we see Christ. And we think the, the Christian life is hard and the cross is heavy and difficult and, and, and all of that. But it will be worth it all when we see Christ. And we are among those that are ready to meet the Lord in the air and to be with him forever. Forever. To be led to those living fountains in heaven that we looked at. And eternally experience more and more and more of the fullness of God. Eternally. Eternally, those fountains will gush up deeper and more of the eternalness of God that we have no clue, or at least not near in fullness. As Adam Clark described it, saying, they shall make the eternal progression into the fullness of God. That's a beautiful thing. Another thing we will experience in heaven is the fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. This was another point that I had in the message that we didn't get to the last time. All of, all of us know joy, at least I hope we do, the joy of our sins forgiven. You remember that day when the burden of sin rolled off your back and, and you were free? Remember that? How would you like to, that to just go on and bigger and better and more fulfilling and greater and, and more encouraging and just on and on and never, never, never have to be brought back to the reality that we're still in this body. We will experience fullness of joy according to Psalm 1611. In thy presence is fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. Let's not trade this for anything in this world. Nothing. Fame, wealth, fashion, anything that is important that people get entangled and, and disillusioned with. Peter encourages us to rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. And if you want a definition for that, that literally means jumping for joy. When that happens, brothers and sisters, I tell you the joy will begin the moment that we see Christ. And it will last for eternity. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Things tend to obscure this sometimes and we lose sight of these things. One time there was a dear old mother that had lived a godly life. Was on her deathbed and <clears throat> she confessed to her pastor that she said, I know I am God's child by his grace. But she said, I'm, I'm fearing death. And it comes to my mind that even, even Brother Denny, when he was entering sometime in, in his struggle with, with cancer there or a brain tumor, he, 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 he struggled with this. 
Is it, is it going to be okay? Is it really, am I okay? And those around him encouraged him. It'll be okay. So this is very real. The pastor assured her that Jesus would not forsake her when she comes to death portals. Some days later, the pastor stood by her bedside and a smile of ineffable joy wreathed her face. Her lips started to move and she said, Pastor, soon I shall behold a king in his beauty and I have only joy, no fear. Hallelujah. So saying, a redeemed and radiant soul passed to be forever with the Lord. Let's lay it all on the balance as brothers and sisters. What would we give in exchange for our souls? What would it be? Another point that I had was in heaven we will serve God day and night. You can turn with me to Revelations chapter 7. Revelation 7 verse 15 Let's read verse 14 to get, or verse, where should we break in here anyway? Verse 13, and one of the elders answered, saying unto me, what are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, verse 14, sir, thou knowest, and he saith to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, therefore are they before the throne of God. Therefore, because they came out of tribulation, have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him. That's the word I want. Day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Let's just stop there. Now, we know from other scriptures that there's no night in heaven. So what does this night mean here? I think it simply means forever. All the time. All the time. Therefore are they before the throne of God all the time. Serving him. Serving him. You think that'll be boring? I don't think so. In fact, it'll, it'll actually pay back dividends. This word, hired servants, means exactly what we think it would mean. You, you get paid. It means hired. Actually, it, it's not in the text. It's not in the verse. The word serve him here means to be a hired servant. The servants here means to be hired. So you're hired and you will, we will be paid abundantly for our service to the Lord. Whatever that will be, however, whatever we will be doing or the servants here that came out of great tribulation,
it will be well paid. Well paid. So picture with me yourself. Brother and sister, picture with me yourself being in the very throne room of God. Being one of these, perhaps. Coming before his shining throne. Coming before his outshining presence. Along with others. Perhaps multitudes of them. Serving God. Serving God. No fear. Always good. Always good. No fear. No tiredness. Never getting tired of it. Whatever that will be. Praising him. Lifting up holy hands. Giving him glory. Giving him a praise offering along with the multitudes. Thanking him. Serving him. All the time. Forever. That's one of the things that will be happening in heaven. Another one that I had was to behold his glory. Now, there, were, there are a few people that lived that beheld at least part of his glory. Peter, James, and John in the Mount of Transfiguration there, they saw him in his glory. I'm sure it wasn't in the fullness or they would have died according to the scriptures. But they, they got a glimpse and what they saw was out of this world for sure. But imagine yourself now just beholding the glory of God. There was a songwriter that gave us these thoughts. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I behold him. Jesus Christ who died for me. Only faintly now I see him with the darkling veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. What rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain, when the crooked ways are straightened and the dark things shall be plain. Hallelujah. Face to face, oh blissful moment, face to face to see and know, face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ who loves me so. Face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory. I shall see him by and by. Amen. I trust we have that hope. If we don't, if there's anyone here that doesn't have that hope, you need to get it. Yes, they said there when Peter, James, and John saw him on the mountain, that his clothes became shining exceedingly white as the snow. 
That word shiny means to gleam, to flash with intensity. I think the thought of this should cause us to walk soberly with our God in this present foolish world. God help us. I'm all for joy. I'm all for happiness. I'm all for that. But I tremble when we are foolish with the things of God. Peter says, we have not followed cunningly devised fables. This is not some some mystical thing that someone dreamed up. This whole gospel story, this whole thing we're looking at this morning. But he said, he said, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We know what we're talking about. We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Yes, let's not get weary of uh, of walking by faith and keeping these promises polished, keeping them polished, keeping them real, keeping them vital to our own lives and experience, you know, pressing in and, 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 and keeping them applicable to my own life. One day we will behold his glory. And like we already said, heaven is a prepared place for a people that are repaired. Keeping our lives up to date, not keeping anything hidden in our lives, hidden sin, unresolved issues, brothers and sisters. It won't be worth it to meet the Lord in such a condition just because of whatever little pet thing we decided was too big to let go. God help us. Another point that I had, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you're there in Revelation, you can turn to chapter 19. And look at this one. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And one of the things that will happen in the process, there'll be a great marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Revelation 19. I think we'll read in verse 1 down to verse 9 or 10. 10. And after this, after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia! And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen. Alleluia. 
And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. To her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren. Isn't that amazing? That have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. How will it be to sit down with Jesus? Sit down at the table and have Jesus at the head of the table. Supper here is the chief meal of the day. Dinner. We're going to have dinner with Jesus. And one of the things we will eat but it's to those that overcome. It's not to those that aren't overcoming, but it's to those that overcome will eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, of God. Somehow this food will impart eternal life to us. We think it's amazing that Elijah could go on the strength of one meal for 40 days and 40 nights, but get this. This will go for eternity. This food will impart eternal life. So much so that we know the account there in Genesis that if Adam and Eve would have eaten of the tree of, the fr- of that fruit, the fruit of that tree, they would have lived forever in that Cursed state. And so God in his mercy barred them from eating of that fruit. And we will also eat among with other things of the hidden manna. What do you think that is? I'm not sure, but I want to taste it. I want to taste it. And then perhaps after the meal or perhaps while the meal is going, we'll get to singing like we never, ever, ever sang before. 
But I think it's good to try and get close to it here on the earth. I think God is blessed when we give it all we got. Especially as Christians. We better get used to some hearty singing. Because if you like humdrum singing, you won't be comfortable in heaven. Amen, Laverne? This singing will be the most grandest choir that we ever were part of. Revelation 5. Revelation 5. Go there. And I don't think we'll just be listening. Be careful if you're a greater listener than a participator in this life. We can amuse ourselves to death if we're not careful. But we better have the song, the new song written in our heart. The salvation of God. Because that's what we'll be singing in heaven. We better know the, 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 the context of the, the, the lyrics, the depth of the lyrics. I think we can experience them here. Revelation 5, verse 9. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy, brother and sister. Do you feel the vibrations of that? Do you connect with it? Thou art worthy. Your blood saved my soul. Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has, and has redeemed us to our God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Verse 10. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. Not sure if I can quite grasp the, the context of that one yet. And we shall reign on the earth. And they're singing here. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands. 10,000 times 10,000 and 10,000s of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down, and worshipped him that liveth, Forever and ever. Amen.
I'd like to do a little exercise here. And David, if you get your mind and heart ready to come up here and lead this song for us, because I'm, I'm, I'm about done here. The other time I did it was in Indiana, and I, I stayed up here, and we all sang this together with me up here. But I'm going to ask David to come up here and lead, lead us. And I'd just like for us to sing 607 together, just having gone down over this point. Lift your glad voices in triumph on high, for Jesus has risen and man shall not die. And I'd like for us to start out just kind of normal, but as we go along, and I'd like us on the last line to give it everything we have, not irreverently, really, seriously, but to give to the Lamb the glory that is due unto his name. Can we do that? And maybe hold the last word about as long as we can. All right. Are you clear with that, David? Okay, thank you for doing that for me. I think that's all I had for us this morning. Let's sing that song together. Maybe stand together.